Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joan. On today's episode, we're heading over to the West Coast to talk about the best eats over at Disneyland. I feel like there's like a rhyme there. West Coast, best coast eats. Okay, there uh, you go. Not not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not I mean, bad there. Yeah. Not good either. <laughs> we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll continue to workshop it. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about the best uh, table service, best quick service restaurants, best places to eat over at Disneyland. And if you're like us and you're planning a trip to Disneyland and you would like to use a travel agent, be sure to reach out to Becky at Castle Dreams Travel. Uh, her email is G at castledreamstravel.com. We'll put her information in the show notes and be sure to let her know that Enchanted Ears sent you. Before we get into our main topic, though, let's cover the Disney news of the week. So over at Walt Disney World, we'll start East Coast here. Disney World announced that Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party will be back. Uh, It's going to start August 11th because nothing says Halloween like 100 degree heat in August in Florida. You know what? I think that they just need to cut to the chase and just six months before Halloween, just, just start the party. Just, just get it, get it going. I mean, really? Yeah. I think so. That would mean that they would have started it this past week, because I think it was either yesterday when we're recording this, or I think it was yesterday. I would be okay with that, only because we've not had a chance to get down there for the Not-So-Scary Halloween party yet, and it's always very difficult to try to go at that time. You know, it's only, it seems like it's a lot of like Tuesdays and Thursdays, so I would be okay with a six-month window, because I would like to go to this party. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, early early in the school year is not the best time as a teacher to take off, and I don't like burning my days that early either. Yeah, but if you are interested, it is running select nights from August 11th through November 1st. Uh, tickets range from $109, which actually isn't too bad for an after-hours event because you also get free trick-or-treating. You get free candy as part of this, so it's actually not too bad, up to $199. So not horribly priced there, uh, a pretty decent range, but again... I don't think we're going to make it down there this year, but this is definitely something I would love to try. Yeah, I agree. We'll do it. I think next couple of years, I also want to make it down for wine and dine the race eventually. So I think we but that probably... happens after. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what I say. It's a, it's a weird, it's, it's a, weird a weird time. time. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking it, but it happens in the early November, right? Wine and dine. Yeah. I think it's like the weekend after Halloween. So yeah. you would like just miss it. You could maybe go if you stayed yeah, like longer than a week, you could maybe uh, cut across it. But speaking of Run Disney and fitness, uh, Walt Disney World also announced a big like fitness initiative that's happening at all of the resorts. So they're going to have things like family fitness classes over at Art of Animation. It looks like by the Lion King suite, um, which which is really cool. They're also having uh, wellness scavenger hunts and family uh, fun run and walks over at the Beach and Yacht Club. And they're also going to have things in your room. So they're going to have, like it says like Mickey Mouse, it seems like they're going to be cartoons that are going to talk about sleep and eating healthy. And they actually got Ashley Eckstein, who voices Ahsoka Tanu in the series to do Star Wars Mindful Matters, which seems to be mindfulness lessons inspired by Star Wars, which I think is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love to see that they're, again, kind of, becoming a proponent of something that needs a little bit more attention, especially because a lot of people have phones or are more and more attached to them to try to get people away from that and out and moving and just in general, enjoying the company of others. And yeah, so I love this idea and very excited about the pickleball course. I was going to say this last one I did not talk about, but they're going to bring pickleball uh, to Walt Disney World, which yes, I'm excited about that I can go uh, to Disney World and have my two loves there, pickleball and Disney World, all in one. 
Um, so some of, some of the tennis courts, it looks like they've converted over to pickleball courts. I feel like we need to add a qualifier here. We are not good. Not hey, good. I think I'm pretty good. I like to think I'm good at pickleball. But yeah, yeah it's I a like lot to think I'm good, but I also like to think I'm a billionaire. Neither of those two things are true. Okay. Um, but yeah, I. <laughs> but I, I enjoy playing. So uh, when I play you, I feel like I'm I'm good. But yeah, if I had to play somebody else, I'm probably not good. But I think the the cool thing about this too is to your point, um, you know, on kind of bringing awareness to this, it's it all it's all family based. You know, it's it seems to be kind of not just okay, if you're just a runner or something like that, like run Disney, you know, like the Lion King family fitness classes or, you know, the the wellness scavenger hunts or even with Mickey Mouse, like it seems to be bringing the whole family into kind of this fitness and wellness space, which is, I think, really cool. They really should just have a, a Lion King fun run, get away from the stampede. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. Uh, okay, I don't... <laughs> I don't know how well that would go. But that's an interesting idea. We'll, we'll see about that. So, uh, and then the last thing I, I want to bring this up, uh, not Disney news may become Disney news, but, uh, at our local, uh, theater, they do a Broadway series, which I'm sure a lot of people, if you, wherever you live, there's, you know, Broadway shows, they do national tours. Um, but I got a survey about, what shows I would be interested in seeing, what shows, you know, for the upcoming seasons and stuff like that. And it had like all these different shows. It, it had currently touring shows and it had shows that they're going to do revivals. And then it had this whole section of in development shows. And the one I found really interesting as I'm scrolling through this, like there's 50 shows or something in Kanto. And I said, Ex- excuse me? I, I wasn't aware <laughs> they were developing in Kanto. So I have no idea if this is actually in development or not, but I found it really interesting that this was on there. So either they're gauging interest to see if people would be interested in a Broadway musical of Encanto, or this is maybe something that's actually in development that Disney has not announced yet. Yeah, it makes sense. Lin-Manuel Miranda and just the fact that you know, there's not a whole lot of like scenery changes. There's some in Encanto. It would be easy enough, I think, to, to try to translate. And the music is so great. So I think that would be great. And also, I mean, that is the headliner. But also you told me there there was a potential development of Hercules, the musical as well. Yeah, they talked about, yeah, like Beauty and the Beast, uh, Hercules. So um, but Beauty and the Beast. Yeah but, I, yeah, but I think that's coming, you know, as like a re- revival, or a retour, but Hercules. But yeah, I'll say a couple of things about Encanto. Uh, one, Lin-Manuel Miranda has talked about that he would love to bring Encanto to Broadway. Mm-hmm. So I think it's something they've talked about. Two, you know, over at Disneyland, at uh, Disney California Adventure, we know Rogers the Musical is coming to the Hyperion Theater. And they've mentioned repeatedly it's a limited time thing. It's not going to be that long. Frozen was just there. So I don't know that Frozen is coming back. But it maybe this is kind of foreshadowing that once Rogers the musical leaves, we're going to get an Encanto show mm-hmm. over at the Hyperion, which we've talked about. That seems to be kind of the launching point for a lot of their Broadway musicals. They had Aladdin there. They had Frozen there before they took Frozen to Broadway. So maybe they're working on something here and that will be, cause that would be a huge announcement. Okay. Rogers goes away. We're bringing Encanto here. It's going to be, you know, a half hour, 45 minute thing that they'll then workshop into a full musical. But yeah, it, it got me to stop scrolling. I'll tell you that. And I said, yes, I'd be very interested in seeing this. So we'll Rogers see what becomes of this. List, was it? No, that was not. That was not Darn. on the list. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see. So maybe this becomes Disney news. I may have gotten a, a scoop. Who knows? We'll, we'll <laughs> see what happens. All right. So let's jump into our main topic here. 
the best quick service and sit down restaurants to eat at in Disneyland. And these come from our experience. We have eaten at some of these places um, and mostly from the touring plans. They have guest ratings. So they have guests and they have thousands and thousands of guests kind of rate thumbs up, thumbs down on the restaurants. So these are some of the top rated ones. Um, and again, some of them are, are ones we've eaten at, so we can kind of comment on that. Some of them are good ideas for next time we go to Disneyland. We talked mm-hmm. about we're going to be going in a couple months here. So that was a little bit of the impetus of this, of finding some places <laughs> Ooh, to eat. Good word, impetus. Thank you. I was You're studying for the SATs today. Oh, you're going to take it again just yeah, for fun. I'm going to go back, see, see what I do. And, uh, and also asked on Instagram. So some of them, um, the, you know, there was a few uh, suggestions on Instagram, which kind of you know, tied in uh, as well from some of our listeners. Uh, well, I like a lot of the top suggestions because they all sound like they're sweets. It is, it is <laughs> funny. So starting with quick service, so best quick service restaurants over at Disneyland. It's interesting because the top few, so again, this is based on the touring plans rating, are all ice cream related. Well, so, I mean, I, this must have been did me. Did you take this over <laughs> Maybe and over it again. was me. <laughs> so you have the Tiki Juice Bar, which serves Dole Whip, uh, and that has a 98.4% rating. So that was the top quick service wow. restaurant in all of Disneyland was just the Dole Whip one. Um, then you have Tropical Hideaway, which also serves Dole Whip. So there's a theme <laughs> here at 97.7%. Uh, and then Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlor with 97.9%. So those are all in Disneyland. And again, it's all ice cream. Two of them have Dole Whip. And then in downtown Disney, you have Salt and Straw, which is a uh, 98.6% rating there as well so slightly better than the tiki juice bar uh, but that's not in the parks but downtown Mm -hmm. disney's close enough so again you have four options there all 97 98 percent rated just ice cream yeah i mean we've had so we've never eaten at the salt and straw over in california but we they have one in disney world as well i mean they have really interesting sometimes flavors of they're known for having like interesting flavors like lavender something or other it is good ice cream it's pretty creamy so if you're looking for that then that's that's a great option i want to try this gibson girls ice cream parlor though that sounds like a place that you know i again if you sell ice cream i'm interested in you yeah that one is on main street i believe you could get mickey waffles there for breakfast as well so can i get ice cream on my waffles potentially i'm not 100 percent sure about that i did not sold if do that's that research but sold. yeah but so it's interesting so it basically makes it seem like if you're gonna get quick service just get ice cream because the rest of the food's terrible um based on based on these surveys but no there there are some other you know highly rated quick service ones but i just i thought it was interesting you know we we did this at walt disney world maybe six months to a year ago where we went through a similar thing of what are the the top places to eat in walt disney world from Mm -hmm. both a quick service perspective and from a table service and the interesting thing we found at walt disney world is the starbucks uh, quick service, which again, they're not called, they're not Starbucks. called Starbucks. They're all called they something else. Right. They were the highest rated, among the highest rated quick service restaurants in all of the parks. So if you looked at every park, you're like, oh, this is good. This is good. What's this one? Oh, it's actually a Starbucks. So it's interesting that like people go and it's just, well, I love Starbucks. That's high. You go to Disneyland. Well, I love Dole Whip. I love ice cream. You can't screw that up. I think that's what it comes down to because I think a lot of times when people rate the restaurants lower and looking at some of like the reviews for some of the lower rated restaurants, it's, 
it was too expensive. Mm. For what I got, it wasn't a good value. Like Alien Pizza Planet is a very low-rated restaurant. It's constantly is one of like one of the bottom tier people complain about it. You know, the pizza, they're like, oh, it's not that good, which okay, maybe it doesn't have good pizza. But the other thing is like I spent nine dollars for the smallest slice of pizza I've ever had. So it's way too expensive and mm. the food's not good. And I think that's part of the problem, you know, especially when you're at like Disney, a theme park, the foods are elevated, they're a little bit pricier. Um, and so you kind of expect more and so it's it's you sometimes elevated taste right as well. and so it's sometimes hard to meet those expectations but you can't really screw up ice cream and so i think that's why it's qu- it's really fast service and you can't really screw it up i think that's why those are so highly rated and i mean people find comfort in what they are used to so like kind of just going over back to what we were saying about the starbucks over in disney world People know starbucks they know that flavor profile so if it's hitting that flavor pro- profile that they want then they're going to be satisfied. Yeah, definitely. The other thing I found interesting, so I mentioned price. Looking this up, and we'll get, I'll mention some of the prices of some of the items. Like talking about our next one, Earl of Sandwich at Downtown Disney is a very highly ranked restaurant. Uh, it is good. We've eaten at Earl of Sandwich at Walt Disney World. We ate at Earl of Sandwich in Disneyland Paris. They have one there. We've eaten the one at Disneyland. It's back at Disneyland. It's a it's very- mostly you eating there. Yeah, but you've gone. You've gone. You've accompanied me. I've accompanied you. Yeah, their their style of I was of giving food. you credit. Yeah, their style of food. I'm not really a deli sandwich kind right. of person. All right, so I am. So I've eaten at all of these, <laughs> uh, but they're really good. They, it is a great place for a sandwich. They have very good sandwiches for somebody like me that does like deli sandwiches, things like that. It is a very solid option, and it's a it's a really good option to get a good meal, quick bite to eat. So I can see why it's highly rated. And I definitely would recommend it if you are somebody that like just wants a sandwich, something quick. Earl of Sandwich is really good. But what I found interesting is when I looked it up, you know, they have breakfast options as well. Um, but it's only around $10 for lunch for a sandwich. And a lot of the, the quick service restaurants I looked at at Disneyland were a little bit cheaper. They, they were around that maybe like 10 to $15 range where I feel like at Walt Disney World, it seems like everywhere you go now, it's 15 bucks minimum. Like I feel like, and I did not look up what's Earl of Sandwich at Walt Disney World, but I feel like it, it seemed that Disneyland, their quick service was a little bit cheaper, which I found interesting. Well, that makes sense to me. I mean, if again, based on this, this hypothesis, it makes sense to me because again, Disneyland tends to be more, I feel like of a park for locals. And so if you're a local and you go to Disneyland and they have outrageous prices. You're just gonna go to another restaurant you're just that you bring like. Your own food or something. Yeah, yeah, so you're not gonna purchase food there. So they have to keep the prices at least competitive, and it, it's convenient. And then if they keep the prices competitive, then people will maybe eat there as opposed to Disney World, where you're, you know, most people are flying in. They're they're stuck there, and you get lots of people that that they make that their big trip. Yeah, because I mean, I, like last time we went to Disney World, I mean, I feel like you know you're getting a hamburger and fries, and it's twenty dollars now. You know, and that's maybe not even including a drink. Like it's very expensive. And I feel like over the past few years, it's definitely risen up in price where I feel like, yeah, maybe five, six years ago, it was around like the $12 range and now it's $16, $17. So I was pleasantly surprised when I was looking at this. I was like, wait, is this really only $9? I was like, this can't be right. And I'm like, like, oh, no, it's they're roughly about, you know, 10 bucks. It really does kind of blow my mind a little bit because they're definitely putting you against the ropes there a little because it's like, 
it's fast food. I mean, we know that they're not buying this for tons and tons of money. Yeah, and you're right. And, and Walt Disney World, where are you going to go? Disneyland, if you walk in the park, you're like, this is kind of pricey. You can walk down the street because there's a ton of other development and restaurants and things around mm-hmm. Disneyland. It's not like, you know, Walt Disney World, you're kind of trapped in the bubble. You know, and you have to spend that money. So I think some of those reasons, you're right. It's a lot of locals. There's other options nearby. They they have to be a little bit more price competitive. And as we learned from watching a YouTube video yesterday, there are ghost kitchens that have 40 different restaurants operating out of them. Yeah, in all, air quotes, all, all in LA. So yeah, um, one that was recommended by a few of our listeners on Instagram and is a, a highly ranked restaurant as well. I actually want to try this uh, place out now is the Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe. And this is on Main Street. Did not know about this one, um, but this is at Disneyland on Main Street. But definitely want to try this whenever we go. Um, so this is a really good recommendation from some of our listeners. But it's themed to Mary Poppins, which I think is really cool because you don't see a lot of Mary Poppins in the park. So I think it's really interesting that they have this uh, cafe themed to Mary Poppins. You can also get a Matterhorn macaroon. Uh, so not a Macron, like I know you like, Angela. It's a macaroon. It's the, the coconut one. But it's <laughs> giant. I mean, it looks like the Matterhorn Mountain, um, which is incredible. It looks really cool. And that's only $4, which I feel is so reasonable. Like if you yeah. see how big it is, for $4, it's so reasonable. So Angela, I know, uh, I think one thing you would really like is they have a grilled cheese and tomato soup uh, on the menu as well. Yes. Yes, that sounds really great. Um, as long as the tomato soup has, you know, like a, a high quality basil in it then that is chef's kiss amazing. I hope you could hear that in the mic. And I think that one, uh, I think just the grilled cheese is under $10. And so again, very reasonably priced. And I think the grilled cheese with tomato soup uh, it's under 15 So again, most of the stuff on the menu is about 10 to $15 on this. So they have a lot of sandwiches, baked goods. I think uh, I've read, you know, in a lot of reviews, a lot of places mention that grilled cheese and tomato soup as kind of like one of the top items to get uh, besides the Matterhorn macaroon. Another great option is the Paradise Garden Grill, which is over in DCA. And they have a lot of plant-based offerings, which, you know, again, a lot of people want that. And that's something that definitely I gravitate toward. Yeah, this seemed like a great option if you're somebody who's vegetarian. Yeah, absolutely. Or somebody who tries to eat mostly vegetarian. This is a really awesome option. Their their menu seemed really focused on plant-based. And this had a 95.6% rating. So really highly rated. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You know you're going to have great options there. So it seems like a great option for somebody. Yeah, plant-based. And they have buffalo mac and cheese with buffalo cauliflower in it, which sounds really amazing. I guarantee I get this when we go to... Disneyland this summer because this sounds really delicious. And again, I feel like that that is something that is underutilized is that you could basically make a kind of wing out of cauliflower and it's pretty good. So I think that this is a really solid option. They also have bulgogi fried rice and impossible gyro fries. So again, these are all really awesome options. Again, if you don't eat meat or even if you're somebody that, again, eats meat but prefers not to. Yeah, these are really unique options in mm-hmm. plant-based where where you have the buffalo cauliflower or gyro fries like with impossible meat like it, it's it's an interesting use of plant-based that doesn't seem like oh I, it's plant-based yeah. it's not as high a quality or well, it's like a weird you bring option. up a really great point there where it was when i was strictly plant-based it was very 
difficult to find different foods, especially when I was out. I would have to make things myself. And then if I was out somewhere, it was like, okay, well, great. I get to have another pizza or like something like that where, yeah, that was that was pretty much my only option. So this this is a really awesome place that you can go to. And even like I said, if even if you're like, you know, thinking about wanting to try plant based or just just conscious of some of the things that the problems with that come out of the meat industry in general. It, this is a really solid option. Yeah. And Disney does vegetarian and plant-based really, really well. well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, kind of going back to Walt Disney world, because we go there more often, they have a lot of options yes. there for vegetarian, for gluten-free. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. can really, if you have any sort of those allergies, you have a lot of options there. So I'm not surprised that over at Disney California adventure, they have, you know, the, at the Paradise Garden Grill, they have these kind of unique takes on plant-based where, right. again, it's stuff that, like a buffalo mac and cheese, you know, for somebody that's a vegetarian or you're eating plant-based, that's not something you typically think you're going to get, you know, right. with, with like a buffalo chicken. So to have that as a buffalo cauliflower is a really good take. And, you know, and I've never really seen impossible gyro meat before. No. And so, again, that's I kind of like consider, a unique take. I would actually, this is kind of interesting to me. I would consider getting this. I've never had a gyro in my life because gyros, I think, are typically made out of lamb. And so I've never, I always just had a thing against eating lamb. I just never wanted to. So like, this is kind of a cool thing where I could try that and see like what that's like. And yeah, I just think that it's really, it's a really unique menu. Yeah. And sticking at DCA and kind of going back to our theme of ice cream being extremely (laughs) highly rated, they have the adorable snowman frosted treats. Uh, and this is a place we did go to last time we were there. It's so cute. I don't remember the exact thing we ordered. Looking at the menu, I think it was the Pixar Pier Frosty Parfait, which is a lemon soft serve and blue raspberry swirl. I'm pretty sure because it, we had it the something one, like that. we had the one that was yellow and blue, and I'm pretty sure it's yellow on the bottom and blue on the top, and it was pretty good. I definitely, you know, as a person that loves frozen treats, it, the one critique that I would have had for it is that it was too big. Like I did. Yeah, it was a lot. It, it was, was a lot. lot. And I think you actually ended up eating some of it. And I, we might have even thrown some of it away just because there was so much of it. It wasn't that it wasn't good. It was just that yeah, we, it was too much. We split it. I got my own. And then I think, yeah, I ended up eating some you of yours as well. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I just got like a soft serve, which I was going to say the, I remember it being like a very creamy, delicious soft serve. So if you are somebody that likes like a heavy cream, very like rich, a, I think it might've been like a custard, yeah, maybe. ice cream, custard, soft serve. They definitely have it there. But yeah, I think I got that. Yeah. I think you got the, the, I think it was this Pixar Pier I wanted Frosty the one Parfait. that was photogenic because right. they're so pretty it to was, look at. It was so big. Yeah, I had to help you with it. But yeah, it's, it is very cute. It's you know just a little like kind of window store. It's not very... You can walk past it very easily, but it the is theming. cute how... Yeah, the theming where it's the abominable and he crosses that out and it's adorable, <laughs> the snowman. And so it's the adorable snowman frosted tree. I treats. love it. It is, yeah. it is probably one of... The standout things over at Pixar Pier, just that yeah, and it's it's kind of right as you're walking in. Again, you, right. you could almost miss it because it is kind of small, and it's just right along that little boardwalk area right there. Well, I, and I think it's just a, it's so cute because you know it, words carry a lot of meaning, and if you think about the word abominable, holy moly, and then changing it to adorable, like um, it's it's just so. It's so fun, and it's again a really cool lesson. If you point it out to kids, like, "Hey, you see what a big difference that made um, in your perception of them." But yeah, it, it's just cool. 
yeah, definitely recommend that one. Uh, and jumping back to Disneyland uh, real quick, just wrapping up quick service just at Disneyland Park. Galaxy's Edge has two great options. So you have Ronto Roasters, which is a, a 94% rating. And you have Docking Bay 7, which is just under 92%. So Ronto Roasters has wraps. Um, that's what you're going to get there. They have a variety of different wraps. I think they have breakfast wraps there as well. So again, if you're looking for something quick, looking for a wrap, it's a little bit different. You're going to get a little bit different flavor profile because Galaxy's Edge, again, it's Star Warsian, it's Galaxy. They they use some interesting you know, flavors and ingredients over there. So it's going to be a little bit different. Um, you, that really kind of comes through over at Docking Bay 7. That's a, a different flavor profile than what you're going to get uh, at theme parks. They have an Endoran roasted chicken salad, which is chicken with quinoa and pumpkin seeds. And then they have the Trandoshan style pasta with bantha. Uh, and bantha meat is, is just beef. Um, but that's chili, braised beef, veggies, and a zesty avocado sauce. So that's the menu over at Disneyland. It actually, um, we went to Docking Bay 7 when we were on the Star Cruiser and over at Walt Disney World. And I think the menus are slightly different because I had the Batuan beef stir fry over at Disney World, which is uh, a beef stir fry with rice. Uh, and again, it's got a little bit of like a zesty, spicy kick to it. But I did not see that on the menu at Disneyland. So either mm. the menu's different over at Disneyland or that item just wasn't listed on the app. Because sometimes that happens where like, if you go on the app on Disneyland, they don't have all of the menu options there. Yeah. You really liked what you had. I got the Felucian kefta and hummus garden spread. It has plant-based meatballs with it. It has hummus and to tomato cucumber relish with pita. And I think that it was just a really like kind of a well-rounded dish. So you got like kind of a meaty taste to it. You got, you know, the refreshing taste of vegetables. And then you had the nice like the pita, which was really, you know, a nice, like, kind of carby, like, starchy taste to it. So I thought it was a really well-rounded dish, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so again, a, a mixture of different flavors and not something you're going to get from, like, your regular just theme park food of, yeah, like, like, hamburgers and hot dogs type thing. It's like one of those, like, kind of like a fusion restaurant yeah, where yeah, there's just different, they kind of steal Galactic different things. fusion. There you go. I love so, it. And I kind of imagine that this is a little bit lower rated. Again, it's it's still high. I mean, it's 91.9, just under 92%. But I, I have to feel like maybe some of those different flavor options, again, you can kind of, if you don't like that, right? and, and again, you're used to, hey, I want to go and I just want to get chicken fingers or a hot dog or a hamburger or something like that, you may be a little bit turned off by this. But I thought the food was really good. And you get a good bit of food too. Well, I will say, I mean, you think about it. If somebody, you are pretty, like I, I like to say this, you're pretty picky and you don't like to try new things. But once you try something and you're out somewhere, it's very rare t that you are, you complain about it. Like you are typically the kind of person that, you know, you order something off a menu and you're like, okay, like I'm just going to try this. And then you end up usually liking it or you pick around whatever it is that you don't like, but you're not yeah. a, much of a complainer. My, my only issue with this was, and I don't do spice well, so it was too spicy for me. So probably for like a normal person, it was okay. And it wasn't that spicy, but for me, yeah, you uh, have a low spice. It tolerance. was a little, it was getting a little bit spicy. I was starting to like, my face was tingling a little bit from the spices, but I think overall I, I thought it was really good. The beef was really well done. The, the stir fry, the veggies, all that sort of stuff was really good. Again, just maybe a little bit less spice for me. But overall, I really enjoyed the meal. So 
yeah, I tried yours and I thought that it was definitely a little bit spicy. I thought it was good. So it wasn't just because me I that, enjoy that. It wasn't just me then. Yeah, but you, I did think it was, was spicy. spicy. But yeah, I, I I thought it was really good though. So all right, so that wraps up quick service. So moving on to table service restaurants, and there's definitely not as many table service options, especially highly rated table service options. So it's interesting that the number one table service is Splitsville. Yeah. And this is 98%. Uh, and we have eaten at Splitsville at Disneyland, actually. Mm-hmm. We, we ate at that one there. And not only can you get food there, but you can bowl. So I don't know if that factors into it because you can kind of have an activity to it. So I don't know if that maybe helps the rating. But I don't think there's anything special about the food at Splitsville. Um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty standard kind of menu you know bar food ask yeah i mean i think that whenever you know just kind of looking at their menu they have a lot of interesting options like they have a spicy veggie bowl they have a blackened salmon caesar salad so they have some really kind of different things i'm not saying that blackened salmon is particularly different but then putting on a caesar salad they have sushi so there's a lot of options pizza like you mentioned a lot of bar food but they do have some interesting other food as well. So I can see why it's highly rated. So I think it's a mix of it's in downtown Disney. So you have some of that nightlife, you have bowling. uh, And again, you have solid food options. The next one is the Carnation Cafe. And this is on Main Street. Now this is a 90.4% rating. So this is you can get Mickey waffles for breakfast here. And then they also have kind of your more traditional theme park food. So they have hamburgers, fried chicken, they do have short ribs there. So that's a little bit different. But overall, it seems like kind of the regular options you would expect. Now pricing on this again, kind of talking about Disneyland does seem to be a little bit cheaper. It's about 20 to $25 for these different items on the menu, which again, I feel like overall while Disney World, like if you're going to someplace like it jumps to my mind, like the Backlot Cafe over at Hollywood Studios, hmm. where they have... Don't ham- say anything bad about them. No, they have hamburgers, <laughs> they have salads. But I feel like when we go there, if you get a hamburger f- and fries... It's like $18 there. I think the salads are around 16 bucks. So yeah, I think it's I think it was pretty expensive. The fact that this is table service and it's only 20 to $25 again it seems pretty reasonably priced here. I mean, even if you go somewhere around where we live, $25 is now what you're paying just to get a regular entree at most restaurants. So that's pretty pretty great for like a vacation destination. So the next place on the list is Cafe Orleans, and we've actually eaten here. So it's located in New Orleans Square, and it's mostly like it's Cajun food. And this is where you can get the deep fried Monte Cristo, which is the turkey, ham, and Swiss sandwich. Or you can get the vegetarian version, which is just three cheese, and it's the three cheese Monte Cristo, which I is That's what I you ordered. Got, right? yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing about that, so you know, it comes deep fried and then it has like powdered sugar on top. That we got that and we got the beignets, and I actually enjoyed the Monte Cristo more. I thought it had a better flavor than the beignets, and so whenever I was kind of like those two food items were competing, I I kind of ended up not eating the beignets and eating the Monte Cristo. Yeah, and it's deep fried, and I think what I remember from it is it was good, but it was almost like too much breading and like deep frying, and I think like like in the sandwich, like to a certain extent. 
it was almost like too much after a while. And I think, yeah, the you can beign- never have too much frying. Okay. And I think the <laughs> beignets, like, I think it was just after that. I think it was just too much deep too fried much. stuff. Yeah. It was basically like the same batter. And we don't do, we don't eat a lot of those, that kind of stuff too often either. But they're definitely known for that. I don't remember specifically what I got because it's been a few years there. I did not get the Monte Cristo sandwich. Mm. I just tried. But you tried Monte. Yeah. I think I had some sort of like chicken dish, but I, I mean, I remember it was good. So I think it's a, it's a solid option. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people go there for the Monte Cristo, but even if you don't, there's other good options there. All right. And the Grand California Hotel has a couple highly rated table service restaurants as well. So over there, they have the Storytellers Cafe, which also has character dining, which is the only one on the list with character dining and Napa Rose. With Storytellers Cafe, it's really an interesting model that they have. So first of all, you can eat breakfast, brunch, or dinner there. The price between breakfast and brunch are very similar. Breakfast is $49 for adults and $29 for kids. And brunch is literally only $2 more for adults and $29 for kids. So and this is a buffet, right. right? So this is kind of like your, your buffet-style character dining. Right. And so for brunch, they have a few extra options to make those two that real, like, that big $2 difference really worthwhile. And you can have bread pudding or a flatbread of the day. And then dinner is actually surprisingly $44 for adults so and 24 for kids, which that was the part where I was just like very confused until I realized that there's no characters at dinner, which uh, makes was, a lot more sense. I was going to say Disneyland is like topsy turvy. I mean, we've been talking about this the whole episode, how their prices make no sense. And then it was like, topsy-turvy. well, dinner's cheaper because usually dinner is always more expensive, but that makes sense. So if you want characters, you have to go for breakfast. But if you just want to go for the food, you go for dinner and save a few dollars. Right. But like the dinner menu looks pretty good. But even that, it's only $5 to $7 more for characters, which is really reasonable. Because yeah. usually character dining is like $25 more or something yeah, if you want really characters. Yeah, it's really expensive. And it looks like it's Mickey and Friends. So it's, it is, it's Can't just like kind of, Mickey yeah, it's like your typical, you know, like a, a character dining. But for dinner, they have roasted Brussels sprout and kale salad. They have a lot of hot selections that are not set in stone, which is kind of interesting. So, for example, when you're looking at the menu, it says like special of the day, plant-based offering, seasonal vegetables. So they have some things. It looks like they try to, based on what's in season or whatever the chef feels like making, then they kind of vary that. But that kale and Brussels sprout salad, like I love eating stuff like that when I don't have to prepare it because cutting vegetables and washing them stinks. And they also have serve selections. So this is something that I guess you have to ask the wait staff so for. they like bring for you, I guess it's like not on the buffet maybe. So, and sometimes they do this with like, if you have like prime rib or something where again, they don't want you going and taking like a ton of it, you mm-hmm. know, off a buffet and then not eating it. So it's more something like, yeah, you have to ask for, Hey, I want, I'm not saying prime rib is one of them, but I, I know that a lot of buffets, well, yeah. work, like a, they have like a carving station where again, it's more, you have to ask for it to kind of limit how much you're getting. Well, right. And I mean, this is like what I really want off of that menu is definitely, you know, up there in caliber with prime rib, the kids Parmesan crusted grilled cheese sandwich. There you go. Well, see that, and that makes sense too, because it's a grilled cheese sandwich. So they're not just going to have those sitting up on a buffet. So you're going to go spend $44 and then order off the kids menu. I mean, it, okay. Seriously. It sounds pretty good. It's so, it sounds so good. And like Parmesan crusted. So, you know, they're going to do that thing where they, they get melted cheese and they, they kind of toast it. Oh my gosh, that's like my favorite part. Uh, of I actually the think cheese. they're going to grill the cheese personally. But well, like you know how like the the overflow cheese gets all crispy and brown. That's the best part. I, so I this actually sounds really good, and I think this is one of the places that we're looking forward to trying mm-hmm. because 
again, they seem to have really great food options. Um, and we're I talking think, about trying them twice, yeah. going for a character meal and then also going for, for dinner, dinner yeah. when we go the next time. Right. Because it, it sounds like, yeah, I mean, all around they have a lot of uh, great options and we do love a good character meal. But yeah, over at Grand Californian, and I think it's interesting because it's not something like if you're not staying there, you may not know this exists because you're just in the parks. You don't really mm-hmm. head over there. Um, but this is a really great option. I think, you know, Napa Rose. Uh, is another one that's highly rated. Now, this is definitely a pricier option. This is going to be like your fancier dinner here. Yeah, and I definitely think, especially the starters, they're more for a developed palate, I'll say, as in like they're just things that you don't see on normal menus. So examples of these would be grilled Spanish octopus with potatoes and charmoula, which I don't even know what that is. This is is for like the high rollers that stay at Grand California. This is like the fancy, hey, you travel the world, you know, eating, uh, you know, fresh octopus places and you're going to come to, to Disneyland. And so you, yeah, you have a more developed palate there. By the way, this just in Charmula is a marinade and relish used in Algerian, Libyan, Moroccan, and Tunisian cooking. So that's what that is. So apparently on, on top of that, cause I will not be eating, uh, octopus. They also have wood fired goose shepherd's pie, We'll not be having that either. And wine country braised rabbit. I will say, I mean, all of this stuff, it sounds fancy. It mm-hmm. sounds like this is like a super fancy menu. This menu is not for me. Yeah. And I am, and I will say, I'm a very like plain eater and I'm not an adventurous eater. I feel like we eater. comment this on this every episode. But yeah, I've, so I'm, but what I want to say is I'm not trying to say the food's bad. If this right. is like your taste up your alley, it well, sounds like a great place It's a developed palate. Yeah. And I... We don't like developed. to we don't like to branch out to things like that. I will say they have a sauteed diver scallop with golden cauliflower pine nut caper. That's where they kind of lose me in tangerine. But I do like scallops. I don't order them often. So maybe if I was really hungry and wanted to get one of these, I would get that. Yeah. Now, the main courses are a little bit more up my alley. So they yeah. have a thyme roasted chicken. I'm all for that. And a beef filet mignon. So I'm turning back around. I'm just, I'm skipping the starters here and going straight to the main courses because those sound pretty good. They also have a sustainable fish and eye of ribeye and braised top cap roasted pears that comes with that. So, I mean, yeah, the, the more main courses are definitely more mainstream. Uh, I think those are relatively common fancy fare. So, I mean, they sound decent, but again, not, not quite. This isn't really my kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the main courses sound good, but I think for the fact that it's it's kind of pricier, um, and again, like the starters aren't up our alley. A place, hey, if if we have the opportunity to go to sometime, great. But I don't think this is some place we're gonna. We're not gonna go out of our way. To out go of there. our way to it. But Storytellers Cafe does sound uh, really. good. I would go out of my way to go there. All right, and the last place I want to mention, it's over at Disney California Adventure, is Cafe Circle, and it only received about average reviews. Uh, in terms of uh, touring plans. And I think it may be because it's a little bit pricier of a menu. A lot of their entrees are around like $50, like the sauteed fish of the day or the ginger glazed pork. But why I wanted to mention them is because I know I've heard a lot of people talk about they have uh, great drinks there and they have a really Mm -hmm. extensive drink menu. I mean, there's like 10 or 15, maybe even more different drink options on their cocktail list here. And 
being a DCA, it's kind of near the lagoon. I'm not sure, but you may be able to get a, a view of World of Color from there. So I think it's just a good place to kind of go and unwind and grab a drink there. Mm-hmm. So maybe the food isn't that great, again, with just kind of like the average ratings. But it's I kind think, of a nice hangout. Yeah, it seems like a, a good spot to hang out. So wanted to kind of throw that one out there as well. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. You know, it's not always about the food. Although most of the time it is, but sometimes location and just maybe some of the other fare at that restaurant might be worthwhile, even if their entrees aren't so great. All right, but that wraps up the show. And we'd love to hear from our listeners what your favorite picks are over yeah. at Disneyland. If you have any great recommendations for us, please let us know. Yeah, let us know over on Instagram uh, at Enchanted Ears Podcast, or you can head over to our website, enchantedears.com. Send us a message over there. Uh, but want to thank everybody again. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for lending us your ears. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you here next Monday. Bye bye.